0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500 pages of the Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so over at Facebook by going to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agreda. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Amen. Today is day number 112, and we are reading from chapter 15 of volume 2. We will read paragraphs 190 to 199. We will also read the chapter in its entirety. Chapter 15. Most Holy Mary is informed of the will of the Lord that she visit Holy Elizabeth. She asks St. Joseph for permission to go, remaining silent about all that had happened to her. 190. By the words of the heavenly messenger, the archangel Gabriel, Most Holy Mary had been informed that her cousin Elizabeth, who was held to be sterile, had conceived a son and that she was already in the sixth month of her pregnancy. Afterwards, in one of the intellectual visions, the Most High revealed to her that in a miraculous birth, Elizabeth would bring forth a son who would be great before the Lord, Luke 1.15, a prophet, and the forerunner of the incarnate word, and other great mysteries of the holiness, and of the personality of St. John were revealed to her. On the same occasion and on others, the heavenly queen was informed that it would be agreeable and pleasing to the Lord if she would visit her cousin, in order that as well, Elizabeth, as also the child in her womb, might be sanctified by the presence of their Redeemer. For his majesty was anxious to communicate the benefits of his coming into the world and his merits to his precursor in order to make of him, as it were, the well-seasoned first fruit of his redemption. 191. At the news of the sacramental mystery, the most prudent virgin, with admirable jubilee of spirit, rendered thanks to the Lord for such great condescension and favor vouchsafed to the soul of the precursor and prophet and to his mother Elizabeth, signifying her readiness to fulfill the divine pleasure She spoke to his majesty and said, Most high Lord, beginning and cause of all good, let thy name be eternally glorified, acknowledged, and praised by all the nations. I, the least of thy creatures, give thee humble thanks for the liberal kindness which thou wishest to show to thy servant Elizabeth and to the son of her womb. If it is according to the promptings of thy condescension that I serve thee in this work, I stand prepared, my Lord, to obey eagerly thy divine mandates. The Most High answered her, My dove and my beloved, elect among creatures, truly I say to thee, that on account of thy intercession and thy love, I will, as a father and most liberal God, take care of thy cousin Elizabeth, and of the son who is to be born of her. I will choose him as the prophet and as the precursor of the word, which is made man in thee. I will look upon them as belonging to thee and intimately connected with thyself. Therefore, I wish that my and thy only begotten go to see the mother in order to free the son from the chains of the first sin and in order that before the common and ordinary time decreed for other men, his voice and praise may sound up to my ears. Canticle 2.14 that the mysteries of the Incarnation and Redemption may be revealed to his sanctified soul. Therefore, I wish thee to visit Elizabeth, for we, three persons of the Blessed Trinity, have chosen her son for great deeds, comfortable to our pleasure. 192. To this command of the Lord, the most obedient mother responded, Thou knowest, my Lord and God, that all the desires of my heart Seek but thy divine pleasure, and that I wish to fulfill diligently whatever thou commandest to thy humble servant. Allow me, my God, to ask permission from my husband Joseph, and that I make this journey according to his will and direction. And in order that I may not diverge from what is thy pleasure, do thou govern me during this journey in all my actions, direct my footsteps to the greater glory of thy name. Psalm 118, 113. Accept, therefore, the sacrifice which I bring in going out in public and in leaving my cherished retirement. I wish to offer more than my desires, God and King of my soul. I hope to be made able to suffer all that will conduce to thy greater service and pleasure purely for thy love, so that the longings of my soul may not remain entirely unfulfilled. 193. When our great queen came out of this vision, she called upon the thousand angels of her guard who appeared to her in bodily forms and told them of the command of the Most High. She asked them to assist her with careful solicitude in this journey, to teach her how to fulfill all the commands according to the greatest pleasure of the Lord, to defend her and guard her from dangers so that she might conduct herself in all things during that journey in the most perfect manner. The holy princes, with wonderful devotion, offered to obey and serve her. In the same manner, the mistress of all prudence and humility was wont to accept also other occasions. For though she was herself more wise and more perfect in her deeds than the angels, yet because she was yet in the state of pilgrimage and endowed with a nature lower than that of the angels, she was always solicitous to attain the plenitude of perfection, by consulting and asking for the aid of her guardian angels, though they were her inferiors in sanctity under their direction, as also by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. All her human actions were well disposed and well ordered. The heavenly spirits obeyed her with alacrity and punctuality, such as was proper to their nature and due to their queen and lady, They held sweet intercourse and delightfully colloquy with her. And alternately with her, they sang highest songs of praise and adoration of the Most High. At other times, they conversed about the supernal mysteries of the Incarnate Word, the hypostatic union, the sacrament of the redemption, the triumphs to be celebrated by him, the fruits and blessings accruing therefrom to mortals. It would necessitate lengthening out this work too much if I were to write all that has been revealed to me about these conversations. One ninety-four. The humble spouse proceeded immediately to ask the consent of St. Joseph for executing the mandate of the Most High, and in her consummate prudence she said nothing of these happenings, but simply spoke to him these words, My Lord and spouse, by the divine light it was made known to me, that through condescension of the Most High, the prayer of my cousin Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias, has been heard. She has conceived a son, though she was sterile. Since she has obtained this singular blessing, I hope that through God's infinite bounty, her son will greatly please and glorify the Lord. I think that on this occasion, I am under obligation to visit her and converse with her on certain things. For her consolation and spiritual encouragement. If this is according to thy liking, my master, I will perform it with thy permission, for I am entirely subject to thy will and pleasure. Consider then what is best for me and my command, what I am to do. 195. This prudent silence of the most holy Mary, so full of humble subjection, was very agreeable to the Lord, for she showed herself thereby worthy and capable of receiving the deposit of the great sacraments of the king. Tobit 12:7. Therefore, and on account of the confidence in his fidelity with which she proceeded, his majesty disposed the most pure heart of St. Joseph, giving him his divine light to act conformably to his will. This is the reward of the humble who ask for counsel, that they will find it with security. It is also the peculiar prerogative of a holy and discreet zeal to be able to give prudent advice to those that ask. Full of this holy counsel, St. Joseph answered our Queen, Thou knowest already, my lady and spouse, that my utmost desires are to serve thee with all diligence and attention. For I am bound to have this confidence in thy great virtue, that thou wilt not incline toward anything which is not according to the greater pleasure and the glory of the Most High, And this is my belief also in regard to this journey. Lest thy making this journey alone and without the company of thy husband cause surprise, I will gladly go with thee and attend to thy wants on the way. Do thou appoint the day on which we shall depart together? 196. The Most Holy Mary thanked her prudent spouse, Joseph, for his loving solicitude and for his attentive cooperation with the will of God, in whatever he knew to be for his service and honor. They both concluded to depart immediately on their visit to the house of St. Elizabeth, Luke one thirty nine, and prepared without delay the provisions which consisted merely in a little fruit, bread, and a few fishes procured by St. Joseph. In addition to these, he borrowed a humble beast of burden in order to carry their provisions and his spouse, the queen of all creation. Forthwith, they departed from Nazareth for Judea. The journey itself I will describe in the following chapter. On leaving their poor dwelling, the great mistress of the world knelt at the feet of her spouse Joseph and asked his blessings in order to begin the journey in the name of the Lord. The saint was abashed at the rare humility of his spouse, with which he had already been impressed by experience on so many other occasions. He hesitated, giving her his benediction, But the meek and sweet persistence of the Most Holy Mary overcame his objections, and he blessed her in the name of the Most High. The Heavenly Lady raised her eyes and her heart to God in order to direct her first steps toward the fulfillment of the divine pleasure and willingly bearing along in her womb the Only Begotten of the Father and her own for the sanctification of John and that of his mother Elizabeth, instruction which the Heavenly Queen and Lady gave me. 197 My dearest daughter many times I have confided and manifested to thee the loving burning within my bosom for I wish that should be ardently rekindled within thy own and that thou profit from the instruction which I give thee happy is the soul to which the most high manifests his holy and perfect will but more happy and blessed is he who puts into execution what he has learned in many ways god shows to mortals the highways and pathways of eternal life, by the Gospels and the Holy Scriptures, by the sacraments and the laws of the Holy Church, by the writings and examples of the saints, and especially by the obedience due to the guidings of its ministers, of whom his majesty said, Whoever hears you, hears me. For obeying them is the same as obeying the Lord himself. Whenever, by any of these means, thou hast come to the knowledge of the will of God, I desire thee to assume the wings of humility and obedience, and as if in ethereal flight or like the quickest sunbeam, hasten to execute it and thereby fulfill the divine pleasure. 198. Besides these means of instruction, the Most High has still others in order to direct the soul. Namely, he intimates his perfect will to them in a supernatural manner and reveals to them many sacraments. This kind of instruction is of many and different degrees. Not all of them are common or ordinary to all souls. For the Lord dispenses his light and measure and weight. Wisdom 1121. Sometimes he speaks to the heart in the interior feelings and commands. At others, in correction, advising, or instructing. Sometimes he moves the heart to ask him. At other times, he proposes clearly what he desires in order that the soul may be moved to fulfill it. Again, he manifests as in a clear mirror great mysteries in order that they may be seen and recognized by the intellect and loved by the will. By this great and infinite good is always sweet and commanding powerful, and giving the necessary help for obedience, just as in his commands, quick and disposing circumstances, so that he can be obeyed, notwithstanding all the impediments which hinder the fulfilment of his most holy will. one ninety nine. In receiving this divine light, my daughter, I wish to see thee very attentive and very quick and diligent in following it up indeed. In order to hear this most delicate and spiritual voice of the Lord, it is necessary that the faculties of the soul be purged from earthly grossness, and that the creature live entirely according to the Spirit. For the animal man does not perceive the elevated things of the divinity. 1 Corinthians 2.14 Be attentive, then, to his secrets. Isaiah 24.16 and forget all that is of the outside. Listen, my daughter, and incline thy ear. Free thyself from all visible things. Psalm 44:11. And in order that thou mayest be diligent, cultivate love. For love is a fire which does not have its effect until the material is prepared. Therefore, let thy heart always be disposed and prepared. Whatever the Most High bids thee or communicates to thee anything for the welfare of souls, or especially for their eternal salvation, Devote thyself to it entirely, for they are bought at the inestimable price of the blood of the Lamb and of the divine love. Do not allow thyself to be hindered in this matter by thy own lowliness and bashfulness, but overcome the fear which restrains thee. For if thou thyself art of small value and usefulness, the Most High is rich. 1 Peter 1.18 Powerful, great, and by himself performs all things. Romans 10.12 Thy promptness and affection will not go without its reward, although I wish thee rather to be moved entirely by the pleasure of the Lord. This concludes our reading today for day number 112. We've just read from chapter 15 of volume 2. We read paragraphs 190 to 199. Personally, I love the progression of our readings that as we continue to read day after day, we are being exposed to the Rosary Mysteries. We just reflected, of course, on the Annunciation in the past several days. And now here we are, and Mary is going to begin her journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And so we hear how these events unfold, how she goes to Joseph, how she asks for that permission, how Joseph says, I will accompany you. I think it's powerful because as we have these reflections on the life of Jesus and Mary, well, they enrich our own prayer and our own meditation. Because the next time you pray the Feast of the Visitation, maybe you'll be drawn to think about St. Joseph. And we're going to hear more about St. Joseph and the Visitation here in the upcoming days as well. It enriches our prayer as we read the mystical city of God. Mary was told by God, that she should go and visit her cousin Elizabeth. This came through the message of the angel. She tells the Lord, I will do what it is that you ask. But as a wife, she goes to her husband and says, can I do this? The husband grants her permission to do it because he says, I want to allow you to do what it is that God is calling, what God is inviting you to do. In the process of all of this, we heard that She was always solicitous to attain the plenitude of perfection by consulting and asking for the aid of her guardian angels, though they were her inferiors in sanctity. We hear about the guardian angels. I'm sure I've said this already, but how often do we consult with our guardian angel? How often do we ask that guardian angel to pray for us? And then in the instruction of the Blessed Virgin Mary, today we heard her kind of say to Maria of Agreda, and I've come to an understanding about these instructions of the Blessed Virgin, these revelations that we're reading as I've continued to study the life of Maria of Agreda throughout the year, as I've now visited Agreda and spoken with the nuns there, that these were not necessarily apparitions that Maria of Agreda was receiving, but this is coming from the rich depth of Maria's prayer life. It's Maria of Agrada reflecting on the scriptures and praying before a statue of Our Lady, and then being inspired by the life of Mary, and then the instruction of Our Lady is what Our Lady responds as Maria has been reflecting. She senses that Mary is saying these things to her. And so listen to this. Sometimes he speaks to the heart and the interior feelings and commands, at others in corruption advising or instructing. Sometimes he moves the heart to ask him. At other times, he proposes clearly what he desires in order that the soul may be moved to fulfill it again. And he manifests in a clear mirror great mysteries in order that they may be seen and recognized by the intellect and loved by the will. It seems that this is precisely what God and the Blessed Virgin are doing in the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda, that they are bringing to her attention different things as she prays And as she reflects, and that's what we begin to notice then in our own spiritual life. We reflect through the lens of scripture and we see how it's correcting us, how it's calling us to a new life, how it's challenging us. Be attentive to what God is asking of you. And may you be like Mary who wants to do the will of God. May you be like St. Joseph who wants to conform everything he does in his life to God's most holy will.